Well, good morning, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Thank you. Gosh, what a great joy it is to see so many of y'all here today. Um, before we jump into the homily, I really just got to give a shout out to um, our Cardinals, our football team that went to the state championships. Guys, y'all played with so much heart. It was absolutely incredible. I have, I have never seen Thibodeau come together like that. There's an expected 4,000 people showed up and descended upon, uh, upon Cajun Stadium over there. So, guys, absolutely incredible. Um, Y'all are all winners in our hearts. I mean, y'all played so strong, so powerful. Um, so congratulations on a phenomenal season. Speaking of playing with hearts, um, our readings today are, I don't know if you caught it, all three readings speak about the heart. The reading from, uh, first reading from Zephaniah, be glad and exalt with all of your heart. Second reading from Philippians, when the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And then in the gospel it said, all of them were asking within their hearts, is he the Christ? Right? This image of the heart I think is super important for us because it's the heart where God dwells. It's the heart where God speaks. It's where we find strength and we find encouragement to come over some of the greatest obstacles and battles of our lives. And uh, it was the heart uh, that allowed me to run a marathon. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Guys, I want to dive into that a little bit because you were part of that. So many of you were part of this journey for us, uh, for Steve and I, and so many others to run this marathon. Um, when I got there, I realized just how big and massive this vision um, for St. Jude's was. Because i got to tell you, guys, I didn't have the heart to just go run a marathon for the sake of saying I ran a marathon. I had no desire to do that. But God knew that I had a heart for these kids, for these little children that have cancer. God knew, and the Scripture says, He knows the secrets of our hearts. And God knew that if I was going to ever do something so ridiculous as to run 26.2 miles, it had to come from a deeper spot of conviction, and I would even dare say a deeper spot of love. That's where the heart comes in. You see, I could do anything, right, if my heart's involved in it, if there's conviction and if there's love. I would even discipline my body, right, to run a marathon. You know, they say that uh, the toughest part of the entire marathon is getting to the starting line, <laughs> right? Getting right there to the beginning is one of the hardest times. You know, getting over there, guys, was, um, we arrived on a Thursday, um, and people started pouring in. And before it was all over, come Saturday morning, there were 17,000 runners. Yeah, wrap your mind around that. 17,000 people were in person running. There was another 3,000 running virtually wherever they were at in the United States. There were people represented from every state in the U.S. There was even people in Europe and Sweden that were running for St. Jude's. This was an international experience. And it was unbelievable to be plugged into that kind of a cause. And so I do have to say thank y'all for the support. Steve and I, um, Team Segan, uh, set out to raise $8,000 for St. Jude's. And because of your generosity and your belief in what we were doing and your belief in St. Jude's, we actually raised more than $8,000. As of last night, we raised $11,320. So thank y'all. Yeah, y'all are amazing. Plug that into 17,000 people fundraising for St. Jude's, and as a total, 
they said that we've raised over $100 million for St. Jude's. Yeah, that's incredible. And y'all are part of that, right? You guys were part of that kind of accomplishment. And so, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a cause that I know is going to continue in my own heart. People keep asking me, so you're going to run another one? <laughs> and the answer is absolutely. I want to run for the cause, right? It's the heart goal, not so much the performance goals. I want to run for this cause for St. Jude's, and I want to invite anybody next year that wants to do any of it. You see, it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a marathon. There was 5K, people that even just walked. If you can walk three miles, you can, run, you can run it. You can do it. There was 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, and whole marathons. People walked it. They, they ran it. Whatever they wanted to do, they were out there for the cause, right? And so a few little um, things that I gleamed along the way. One scripture that kept coming to me was Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising its shame and is seated at the right hand of God. What allowed Jesus to endure the shame and the power and the, the pain of the cross? It said, for the sake of the joy that laid before Him. Like, we have to realize that nothing could have made Jesus just lay down His life for the heck of laying down His life like, like another criminal had done. Jesus laid down His life. Why? For the joy that laid before Him. What was the joy? It was you. And it was me. It was your face and my face. Whenever Jesus was going through his greatest suffering, he saw us. And he digged deep down inside and said, I love you. And I'm going to lay down my life and I will endure every bodily pain and affliction imaginable because I love you. You see, Jesus wasn't just purpose driven. He was heart driven. He had a heart and a love for us. And because of that joy that laid before him, he could endure anything. And so I had to keep reminding myself of that, right? It was the joy of those little kids, right? Seeing their faces, training after training, week after week, those emails St. Jude was sent to us and the videos of these little kids. Those little kids' minds and images are burned in my head as we endured the pain <laughs> of a marathon. And so what were my life lessons? I want to share those with you because you all are part of this journey with me. Um, first of all, like I said, the toughest part was getting to the starting line, right? Um, and it wasn't physically that morning of, you can ask Steve, I was pumped to get to the starting line. I was ready. Um, it was like Mardi Gras, I'm telling you. It was the coolest experience. 17,000 people were all out there and just ready to run this race. And so what I had to focus on wasn't the fear of the 26.2 miles. I only had to focus on mile number one. I just had to start, right, and focus on the now. Because if I would have focused on the dreaded wall that everybody kept telling me about, I would have been shivering in my boots and be like, um, no, I don't think I want to do that. Why inflict that kind of pain voluntarily on my body? But I had to focus on the now. And so that was my first lesson. 
you just got to get to the starting line and focus on right now. What's in front of us right now? How can I overcome right now, not somewhere down the road? And I thought about those little kids that went through cancer. And some of you have been through cancer in here. You know what I'm talking about. You don't focus on all of your treatments. You focus on the first one. And you overcome that one. And the, the pains that come with that first treatment. And then you go into the next one. Right? So focusing on the now was a big thing for me. The second thing I learned was um, enjoy the company of those you're running with. In my mind, I was just going to be running with my buddy Steve and my nephew Nick. Right? We were just going to run the, this journey along the way and it would just be the two of us. But that's not what happened. Like God put other people on our path that we started running with. And I'll never forget running this, with this one woman. Um, and a common question in Memphis was, why did you decide to run the race? That was asked frequently. And so I'm jogging down the road, and I think I even posted this on the Facebook um, I asked this woman, started talking about well, why'd she run the race? Well, I think it was her granddaughter was at St. Jude's that morning receiving bone marrow transplant. And there was her cause. There was her heart. There was her purpose, right? And so the people you meet along the way, I think, are really important. And so my life lesson in that one was that, you know, we're all running this race, right? Now, I talked about that two, two weeks ago. Our race isn't just a physical race. It's an eternal race. We're trying to get to heaven. And so along the way, you're going to meet people. God's going to put people in your life exactly when you need them, and sometimes you run with them for a little while, and then you part ways, right? And then there's going to be some people you run that race with, that race of life, that are going to last a lifetime. They're going to run with you no matter what. No matter how difficult the race gets, they're going to be there for you, right? And so that was the second lesson that I think, looking back, God has taught me in the marathon was... Enjoy who you run with. Just enjoy their company and hear their story. And now you become part of their story as well. The third thing I learned was, this one was kind of neat, rejoice in each other's accomplishments and victories. Right? Um, like I said, it was like a Mardi Gras. There wasn't really much distance, like from here maybe to the wall, where you didn't have somebody cheering you on. People were rejoicing in your accomplishment, no matter if you were doing a 5K, if you were walking, if you were limping, if you were crawling, or if you were running. It didn't matter. People were rejoicing in you and what you were doing. And I was like, man, we need to surround ourselves with those kind of people, right? If you're surrounded by people who tear you down, get rid of them. <laughs> They're not going to help you accomplish your goal. They're not going to help you get to the spot that you want to get to. So a constant reminder of positive people in my life, in your life, has got to be something essential um, for us. And I'll never forget um, at mile 13. Mile 13 is a big mile for those um, who run the marathon because that's when the race starts. It begins at mile 13. Why? Because now you've got just as much ahead of you as you do behind you. right? And so one of the songs that the Lord put on my heart was a song called No Doubt About It, right? It says, there's no doubt about it. I'm on my way home. I'm not yet where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been. I'm never going back, never turning back, right? And I love that because at mile 13, you can't stop. You can't just turn back and go back to where you were because that's another 13 miles and then you finish the marathon. But don't go backwards, right? Keep going forward, right? And so that song got stuck in my head, you know, no doubt about it. I'm on my way, right? Not sure where I'm going, but I'm a long way from where I was. 
And then right around, uh, I guess around mile 17 or 18, another song, a new song got stuck in my head. Some of you college students and, and high school students might know it. It's all thunder. Thunder. Feel the thunder. Boom, boom, boom. It was awesome. Lightning before the thunder. Boom, boom. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Bryson. Um, but like that song, I had to dig somewhere. I had to find some sort of motivation, right? I mean, by mile 18, we were still running like a 9.10 pace. Like a, it was crazy. 9.15. It was nuts. And then mile 20 hit, right? <laughs> Chris is smiling. He knows mile 20. Most runners know mile 20. That's usually when a wild hits or something crazy goes on. And for me, we were going through the park, and it was this what felt like a mile uphill. Now, guys, I didn't train on hills. Right? We're in Louisiana. The biggest hill I trained on was a speed bump on Menard Avenue. <laughs> right? <clears throat> not very, not very uh, challenging. So we're going through the parking. We're going up this hill. For me, like I said, I know it wasn't a mile, but it seemed like a mile, and my legs were done. And then all of a sudden, my calf cramped up. Like it was like a softball. Well, I don't have that big of calves. It was like a ping pong ball. All right? <laughs> Um, and they just cramped up, and I'm like, whoa! And I'm like, oh no, and so Steve says, all right, buddy, hold on, and he gets behind me, and he, he said, never forget these words, this is going to hurt, hold on, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So he grabs my calf, and he presses right into the pain, and when he did, I jerked, and then my entire quads became one massive cramp, right? From the hip to the knee. And I'm just like, my left leg is shot at this point. But they did not once. Him and my nephew didn't say, do you want to quit? They were like, come on, let's stretch it out. Let's keep going. You see, at that point, if I wouldn't have good friends, good running partners, I'd have been like, I'm just walking the next 6.2 miles, Right? But the encouragement, the positivity, right? Remembering, and they would say that, remember the kids. They're going through a lot worse pain than you. Remember these kids, right? And it was the heart that started driving me to want to work this leg out and continue. So we walked it out. They were patient. Um, and so that's what I learned in that point. This is life. There's going to be times where we cramp up in life. There's going to be things in life that are going to, that are going to pull on us, and we got to have somebody with us on that journey to help work that cramp out. That's not going to sit there and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you cramping. Come on, man. No. They're going to help work that out in our lives. They're going to be there with you no matter what, through the good times and the bad times. They're going to be with you no matter what happens. They're going to help you keep going. That, to me, was one of the biggest things in life, right? Again, it's that friendship. Jesus knew that well. He surrounded himself with a company of friends and knew that the journey at times would be hard. And so we're right there to help each other out along the way. Mile 23 and 24. This was the fifth lesson. Um, at mile 23, 24, these are your free miles, right? That's what a friend of mine says. Those last three miles are free. Just enjoy them. Well, at that point, we're running down this half a mile or so. And if you watch this on Facebook, you'll know what I'm talking about. There were these banners of the kids. They call it Survivor's Lane. 
And you see a beautiful picture of a little kid who had gone through chemo. And then the very next picture is that same kid a couple of years later with a head full of hair and smiling and enjoying life. And it was banner after banner after banner all the way down. And so if you watch this on Facebook, you saw where I was trying to invite y'all into this experience with us. And I was going to show y'all all all of the different banners and the posters. Well, then my little bottom lip started shaking. (laughs) And uh, and I just lost it right there. That was a moment of grace for me. And uh, I just handed the phone to Steve. And he started narrating. um, And he got me crying. Um, Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Um, But it was a moment of grace because, again, it reminded me of the heart. This is why we were running. This is why all of us were running the race and the 17,000 people were running for these kids, right? But then God reached a little bit deeper into my soul and said, wait, I have a specific grace for you, my son. And he was able to speak to me in that time about my own brother's death from cancer four years ago. And it was in that moment that I was able to let go of the regret of not having the relationship with my brother ever in my life until the last year of his life. I was able to let go of that stuff that was holding me bound that I didn't even realize was really holding me bound. And I realized that this gratefulness in my heart that, yes, I didn't really have a relationship with my brother growing up until that last year of his life. But God had put brothers along the way for me all my life, right? I was never left without. I always had someone. And so the, the letting go of the regret was a big healing for me. And then the gratitude that God brought people into my life. Again, these faces of these children, faces of my brother, um, reached deep into my heart and allowed me to keep going. And so just whenever you think, okay, I, that's behind me now, I've got to keep pressing on. We've still got two miles to go. At mile 25 or so, there was a little boy, maybe 10 years old, holding a little sign. It said, I'm a survivor, St. Jude's. He was all by himself with his mom. That one little kid giving you hope to get that final mile in, right? And so, of course, we had to take a picture with him. Um, and, and I started crying again. Um, <laughs> I'm a survivor, right? That's what stands out to me through this whole thing. That, those words, I'm a survivor, right? And I think everybody at some point in our lives, whenever we go through difficult times, we can say those same things. Whenever you come out of it on the other side, that Christ, that God has been your rock and He's been your refuge and He's been the one that you've leaned onto, you can say, I'm a survivor and not regret that, right? I'm a survivor. God has given you strength. He's given you purpose to move on and to continue on this journey. Hebrews 12, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. The joy that set before us. We enter into that. And so, there's all my little life lessons, right? And so now we come to this third week of Advent. And if you remember two weeks ago, I had an Advent training plan for you guys. A lot of people jumped on board with that. So I don't know where you might be with that training plan. Um, I know where I'm at with it. It hasn't been perfect. I haven't read Luke's Gospel every day. I confess. Please absolve me. Um, But there's a question. 
we're all running this race for eternal life, right? We're all trying to get to heaven, and we have to do it together, right? Along this entire race, there's no way I could have done it without having community, right? People to run with. And so we're running together. And so just leave you with a few questions, right? Our third week of Advent, we're inching ever closer to Christmas, right? Where are you? How are you doing in this race? How's the run going? Are you still in the race? Right? Have you kept up? Have you had to slow down a little bit? Take a little water break? Hydrate up a little bit? And then keep on going? Where are you? Have you kept the goal in sight? Right? Are you running this race with your heart? Or is it a checklist? Right? We've got to run with passion. Have you cramped up yet? In these past few weeks, had a reason to kind of stop, kind of, all right. And if so, who was there to get you out of that funk? Who helped you out whenever that took place, right? Because in spiritual life, these things happen to us. We run the race, we get tired, we get hydrated, we feel good again, we cramp up. But it's about the experience, it's about the moment. Live each day to its fullest, guys. That's one of the big lessons. Live every day to its fullest. Don't focus on the 26 miles that are ahead of you. Focus on right now. Because that's where God's going to give you the grace right now in the present to endure whatever it is. And I pray that whatever it is, we can endure it with passion, with our heart, and with the joy that Jesus gives to us.